Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to ask you to join me in the book of Matthew 24. I'm going to read just a couple of verses, but you can keep your Bibles open there. I'll read other scriptures outside of Matthew, but for the most part, Matthew 24 is where we'll spend our time today. The Bible says in Matthew 24 and 42, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Amen. I want to tell you today, I may hit this many, many times, but if you only hear it this one time, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I want to speak today from this thought, a thief in the night. A thief in the night. And you can be seated. In Matthew 24, Jesus is so clearly speaking about the end of time. At verse number 32, it seems as though he pauses for just a moment in his teaching. And then he gives three powerful illustrations. There is real power in communicating whenever you use an illustration. And so the Lord uses three illustrations to underline the fact that his coming will come to pass. In Matthew 24, 32, Jesus says this, now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. I mean, Jesus is just giving a Bible lesson. He's just speaking and then all of a sudden, he just exit off, exits off and gives this illustration. And then in verse 33, he follows that by saying, so likewise ye, when ye shall see all those things, know that the end is near even at the doors. Amen. Now, what the Lord is saying is there's a pattern that we can find in nature that illustrates what I, what I the Lord is saying that I wanna drive home into the hearts of his apostles and to you today. He is saying, now you know that when a tree begins to form leaves and put forth its leaves, it doesn't matter what kind of tree, it doesn't matter what sort of fruit this tree will bear, but there is just an irrevocable law that when the tree begins to put forth its leaves, it is an indication that summer is on its way. There has been a shift in the atmosphere and something is about to happen. 
And what the Lord means is this, that as history begins to unfold, it becomes apparent that the world is heading toward the conditions that he has already described again and again in his word. It's at this moment that mankind can be sure that his coming is drawing near. I believe the development of world events is a guarantee that we can look out the windows of this building, our home. We can look at the landscape of the world in which we live and realize that something is in the air. Amen. The development of these events seem to point toward, amen, a truth that God has been sharing a long, long time. History is going to confirm its predictions as it begins to unfold one day, one week, one month, one year at a time. When the world reaches the stage that he describes, when the possibility of the coming of the Antichrist is near, it looms on the horizon. He is saying this, you need to know that my coming is near. I am not here today to mount this pulpit and talk about a bunch of predictions, but I am coming here today without fear and favor to tell us, amen, that we should have enough spiritual eyesight and enough spiritual sensitivity to realize that the things that have been prophesied are all lining up very, very well. Amen. The church should not find itself asleep. The church should not find itself at ease, but we ought to find ourselves leaning in. And yet there is a spirit that would lean us out. And so I tell you today without any reservation that if you're gonna lean, if you're gonna fall, fall toward grace. If you're gonna lean any which way, lean in. This is not the time to play. This is not the time to toy around. This is not a time to dip our toes in the water to see if we wanna make the swim. But I say, Lord, take us and plunge us headlong into your divine will because we sense your imminent return. I don't think you have to be a Bible scholar to look around and see the rapidly changing climate of our world. I believe that everyone can judge for themselves whether or not the world is approaching these events. But the Lord's coming seems so near. In verse number 34 of this same chapter, the scripture says, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass until these things be fulfilled. This statement, this generation, seems to point to the Jewish people throughout many centuries of dispersion and persecution. A remarkable demonstration of truth of the Bible has been revealed throughout this people. Amen. Their ability to survive, their ability to be sustained as an identifiable race. Despite the long centuries of hardship and even cruelty, they have proven themselves because of God's grace to be an undestructible group of people. That fact constitutes that what Jesus has predicted will surely come to pass. Another assurance that Jesus offers is his own infallible promise. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away. In verse 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. 
I believe it may come down to just how much value you and I place upon the word of God. If we think this is just another book that occupies another place on a bookshelf in our home or in our life or in our mind, then in fact, it may not be all that much. But if I realize that I am holding an undeniable truth, if I realize that I am holding in my hand Amen, I'm gonna tell you that the one who said, I'm gonna come and heal blinded eyes, he did. Amen, he declared that he would give life, his life as a ransom for many. And you know what? He was a man of his word, he did. He said, in three days, you can put this body in the ground, but in three days, I'm gonna come out of that grave. And you know what? He did. Amen, now that same Jesus is saying, and I am gonna return, and I'm gonna receive you unto myself. And if he's done everything else, he's done in the past I believe we can rest ourselves in the trust of his word that he is going to come again amen he will come again he did everything else he said he would do and so I believe that he's coming back the old song said I believe he's coming back just like he said I believe a trumpet's gonna sound so loud one day it'll wake the dead in the twinkling of an eye. Hallelujah, in the twinkling of an eye, like a thief in the night. That's why the church has gotta be ready. Hallelujah, that's why when it's prayer time, we ought to be in prayer. When it's, pre when it's preaching time, we ought to be with a preacher. When it's praise and worship time, we ought to be praising and worship. Hallelujah, when it's time to stand, we ought to be standing because we are the church. The Lord is coming. I feel an urgency in my spirit. I feel an urgency in the air. I feel an urgency to stand behind this desk today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm standing in this building, but inside I wanna climb to the roof and I wanna shout to the world, Jesus is coming and you better get ready. Jesus is coming and we need to be ready. Don't be the church asleep. We are not the church anemic. We're not the church walking backwards, but we need to be the church leaning in. Almighty God, we love you today. One of the things that we depend on every day is for the sun to rise. We've got great faith and confidence when she bids farewell in that western sky. When she waves her final wave at the end of the day, we have great faith, faith enough that we can go ahead and turn ourselves toward the eastern sky because we know with great confidence that she is coming back. Amen, we have that, why? Because for centuries on end, amen, the Lord, after he commissioned the sun and set the stars into motion, they have never wavered from their responsibility. And so the rising of the sun is what gives me hope for a new day. We planned our very existence on the fact that of our tomorrow, it's gonna be there. We're just counting on that. We are counting on it to be there. But Jesus said, one of these days, that that you have counted on, the sun that's gone down in the west and has wakened us in the east, amen, that can pass away. Heaven and earth can pass away. That that we have built our whole life, that that we have 
built our entire existence on. He said that can pass away. Amen. But he said, but my word, you can write it down. You can hold on to it. You can stand on my word. The most sure thing in your life may pass away, but my word will stand. I've often said that in the book of Jude, the Bible, in, in Jude's writings, Jude talks about, he talks about uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, not Sodom and Gomorrah as we know it in the end, but Sodom and Gomorrah in her glory, in her power, and in her strength. But even Sodom and Gomorrah lost its power and lost its glory and sin brought it down to dust and ash. Amen. So you can put your confidence in Sodom and Gomorrah, but can it, it can all pass away. You can put your confidence in great strengths and entities and power, but they can all pass away. And and then Jude talks about angels. He said one third of the angels fell from heaven. I'm not here today to try to, to try to tear down any of your scaffolding or foundation, but I just want to make sure our focus is right. Jude said you can put your confidence in angels, but don't forget that one third of the angels were deceived. Amen. And so even he mentions a man by the name of Korah. And Korah was a tremendous leader. Yes, he ran off the rails and paid a supreme price. But God is what Jude was trying to say through the mouthpieces of God is that you can put your you can put your confidence in strong cities or strengths and they can fail. You can put your confidence in man and man can fail. You can put your confidence even in angels, but angels can fail. But he ends his words by saying, but to him who is able, amen, to he that is able. Who are you preaching about today? I'm not preaching about has been apostolic church. I can tell you that. We're subject to fail. I'm not talking about Steve Boyd, he's subject to fail. I'm not talking about the United Pentecostal Church or Pentecost in general. It's subject to fail. But I'll tell you where my trust is. It is unto him who is able, that that is able to keep me from falling. His word that is never backed up. His word that has never failed. His word, his word, his word. That's where we place our trust. Oh my God. God. Hallelujah. My words, my words shall not pass away. At this point in his dissertation, there comes a definite pause, a break. The Lord is, has completed his outline of events during the end of the age, and he has revealed his presence on earth during the entire period of the last days. He reveals the splendor of his presence on earth. He reveals the power of his presence that will occur in the end. But he has said very little about its beginning. I want you to turn your attention to Matthew 24 and 36. The Bible says, but that hour, but that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For, is, for as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall... Two be in the field. The one shall be taken, the other left. 
Two women shall be grinding at the meal, the one taken and the other left. The unpredictability, the unpredictability is also underscored in a warning that is found in the following verses. In verses 42 through 34, this was our text. Amen, watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house, if the watchman of the house, if the head of the house, if he had known, if he had known in what watch, if he had known at what hour that the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready. He said, for in such an hour as you think not, the son of man cometh. I wanna tell you today, amen, I think we should have enough spiritual fortitude to look around us and see our world is quickly shaping up. Amen, I'm not trying to sensationalize the events of our day just for for the moment or for a message. I've not done that in all of these years and I don't plan to start today. But I'm gonna tell you I would be remiss if I didn't say look around you. Amen, you can see it in the newspaper, you can see it online, you can see it on your television. Amen, the world is shaking all around us. There is an evil agenda. I'm talking about an evil agenda in our world to take away the power and the sanctity of God and his word. Amen, we need the church not to be asleep. We ought to pray the prayer of David to say, oh Lord, enlighten mine eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death. Don't let me go to sleep when we're so close to home. Don't let me go to sleep, oh God, when we're right here at the edge of what you are wanting to do in our lives. Hallelujah. We can know, we can know that the time is drawing near. Why? Because we're just observing patterns that are taking shape in the affairs of men. We can see the attitudes that are prevalent in the day in which we live. You're talking about calling good evil and evil good. My, 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 my. These attitudes begin to emerge as as a dominant philosophy of the day. And that's what the Lord is saying. Look for signs. Look for those signs. But we'll never know the exact day or the exact hour. I don't want to be cynical here at all, so please don't misunderstand me. But I am often uh, almost disillusioned with people that are so bent on trying to find the exact day or the exact hour. Amen, I'm even talking about disillusioned sometimes by God's own elect, trying to figure out such whenever the scripture says no man's gonna know that. The angels don't even know that. Amen. For generation, man, mankind has had a great passion to set dates for the second coming of the Lord. Several times, multiple times throughout history, it has been announced that Jesus is going to come on such and such day or such, such in such and such time. I, I can well remember a book entitled 88 Reasons the Lord Would Come in 1988. I want to tell you today that I was alive in 1988. I was a grown man in 1988. I was in the ministry in 1988. And I'm gonna say to you this morning that some people believe that material so strongly that they almost use that book to preach out of instead of the word of God. Amen. I believe that some, it seemed 
that some almost believe that more than the word of God. And so when the Lord did not return on that date in 1988, the author of the book, who I don't even know, I don't remember his name, so I'm, this is not an assault on his character, but I'm just telling you that the author of the book recanted his story, stating that he had miscalculated something in the dates, and then one of the most believable things, he published another book, saying while the Lord was gonna come in 1989, but of course, the Lord did not come in 1988 or did he, not, he did not come in 1989. But I will tell you what did happen in 88 and 89 is that the world got a lot more cynical about the second coming of the Lord. Amen. The church gets just another layer of foolishness painted across our forehead. Amen, and, and so that it becomes a shadow of disgrace over the entire subject of the Lord's second coming. Unbelievers feel as though they have more reason now than ever before to get entrenched in their unbelief. Who are these people and what do they think they're doing? Now, I don't wanna tell you today, as I've already said, that I've come here to give a time that Jesus is coming, but I believe that I believe the word of God can underline what I'm saying here today that God has remained silent about certain matters and this is one of them. And I don't think no matter how you shake the Bible, no matter how you twist it and turn it around, amen, the Lord said no man is gonna know and you just write this down. No man is gonna know. Amen. And so in Acts 1 and 7, Jesus said unto them, it is not unto you to know the times or the seasons. And so what I've come to you today to preach about is this, not that we try to figure out some, some time or date, not that we form a committee and get our best brains working on this. I've come to this pulpit today to tell you that, that the church needs to be ready at this moment. Amen, we're not trying to set a date, but I'm telling you that we need to be ready. If the, It's 11.52 right now. We need to be ready if the Lord comes at 11.53. Amen, we need to be ready if the Lord comes at the strike of noon. We need to be ready if he comes in the morning. I need to be ready. I need to live in a sense of urgency and preparedness. Amen, being ready is not attending when you feel like it. Amen, being ready is not praying if it falls into your daily plans. Amen, being ready is not worshiping if you like the song or the singer. Being ready is not preaching with whoever's preaching as long as you like who's preaching. Amen, there should be a sense of preparedness to the church. There ought to be a sense of readiness. There ought to be a sense of anticipation. Amen, there ought to be a sense of anticipation. I am not likening myself to the Lord, so please do not think that in your mind. But I've had strong convictions through the years. Not I'm, I'm deviating from the spiritual right now, but I've had strong convictions through the years that I've never wanted people to show up here on any given service night and find this building locked and the lights out. And so if I'm in my office studying, preparing for a Wednesday night, and it is in this season when, the, when it gets night a little bit quicker, before I go home, if I'm afraid I can't get back, I'll turn every light in this building on at five o'clock in the afternoon because I don't want to risk getting here, somebody getting here, and it looks like we're not ready for them. We got 17 cars in the parking lot. Hang on just a minute, let me find the key. Hang on just a minute, let me find the light switch. Well, I wish we'd have thought to turn the heat on, Thought we'd, wish we'd have thought to turn the air on. Amen, are you following what I'm saying here today? 
I want when people walk in the door, they may be the only one here, but when they walk in the door, I want them to feel like somebody thought about this. Amen, they got the building cool. In the summertime, they got the building warm. In the wintertime, amen, something's going on on the screen. Music's playing in the background. Amen, if there's not anybody standing in the foyer to say welcome, I want them to know they're welcome. The doors are unlocked. The lights are on. We've been waiting for you. We've been expecting you. I'm not just talking about me. I hope you know where I'm going with this. Amen, I pray when somebody walks in this house, they don't just see the lights on, but they see the lights on. Amen, I pray they don't just feel something in the atmosphere that's generated by an air conditioner or a heater. I pray they say, wait, wait a minute. Somebody's been praying. Somebody's been talking to God. Somebody's been thinking about this. I'm gonna tell you that the church ought to live in a constant state of preparedness. My God, you can come right now if you want to, but feel free to wake me up at two o'clock in the morning. You can come right now, Lord, if you want to, but you can feel free to come on my job. Why? Because I'm gonna live ready. I'm gonna live in a state of preparedness. I'm gonna live with a state of urgency in my spirit. That's how I'm gonna live. I'm telling you that Holy Ghost filled people ought to be the last people you ought to have to say, come on now. Come on now, somebody. Amen, if we got the Holy Ghost, there ought to be a built-in come on. If we got the Holy Ghost burning like it ought to be, there ought to be a built-in hallelujah. There ought to be a built-in yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes. There ought to be, there ought to be, there ought to be, there ought to be. My God, I feel something happening in this place. Don't let the devil talk you into compromising. The hour's too late. Don't let the devil talk you into compromising. The clock's drawing down. Don't let the devil talk you into compromising. Don't let him talk you into compromising. He's coming back like he said he would. He's coming back like he said. Praise God. Praise God. You just keep on worshiping because I'm not through preaching. Amen. You just keep on worshiping because I'm not through preaching. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus made it clear. Amen, you just stay where you are. People stand in rock concerts for hours. They stand in line at Disney World for hours to ride a 30 second ride. Amen. Jesus made it clear about what the, the climate of his coming was gonna be. Our good brother read the scripture this morning but as in the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. 
For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, they were drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the, until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they knew not. Staggering, huh? Staggering. How could you not know? For decades, a man's been building a boat. Oh, crazy Noah down at the end of the road. Friend, what Noah was doing wasn't happening in a corner. I preached about that Wednesday night. My goodness. I'm not trying to make soup here this morning, but I'm gonna tell you that Paul looked a grip in the eyes and he said, that man right there, he knows this didn't happen in the corner. Amen. It was like that in the days of Noah before the flood. Life was just kind of going on in ordinary fashion. Moral condition was bad, were bad. The violence and the corruption throughout the whole earth. Worse than it had been for a long time. And the point that, that Jesus makes himself is they did not know until the flood came. I'm just going to say it for the hundredth time that if Judges 16 and 20 is not underlined in your Bible, you ought to underline it. Judges 16 and 20 ought to be one of the most horrifying, sobering passages of Scripture. The Bible says of Samson that he wist not that the Lord had departed from him. I'm going to tell you today, I'm not going to go by the fact that I know God is still in my life because I saw somebody else shouting and crying under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. I'm gonna ask myself, when's the last time I did that? When's the last time I got lost in prayer? Can I ask you, sir, when's the last time you prayed until you lost track of time? Ma'am, when's the last time you cried until there were no more tears to cry? Not because you were in a crisis. Not because your world was falling apart. Not because there wasn't money in your bank. Not because the bills were great. No, 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 no. But just because God was God. Hallelujah. Despite the preaching of Noah during this time, during this time, Noah was faithfully warning that God is gonna judge the world. But that's just so crazy, Noah. That's just so crazy, Noah. Amen. Think about it now. Think about it with me. The first sign of any coming disaster was quiet. Almost an unnoticed removal of a select company of the world of that day. Noah and his family were told it's the day, it's time. And they loaded on that ark and God shut to the door. Eight people in all separated from the world almost like it didn't happen. Seven days went by, according to Genesis 7, Noah and his family and all the animals were in the ark. And during that seven-day period, hear me now, I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm saying. I don't, I'm not motivated by preacher's itch today. I'm, motiva I'm motivated by something deep in my heart that won't be quieted. During the time that Noah was in the ark and his family, the skies were blue and the sun was shining and men went to work in the morning came home in the evening. People ate and drank. Life went on as usual. And then suddenly the clouds started forming. Huh. And then the earth began to heave. And not only did water fall from the sky, but the Bible talks about water from the great deep. Amen. And so that's how the end will be. The second coming. The second coming as a thief in the night. 
Let me speak to a select few today. You may have some, there, maybe not everybody, but there's probably been a few people in here that's been robbed. You've had something stolen from you as a thief in the night when you let your guard down at the most unexpected moment. The Bible says two will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women grinding at the meal, one taken, the other left. The, inf- the, the, the event described in this scripture is so distinct that two people can be right there and one gone. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Preacher, you're trying to use scare taxes? No, no, no. Way too late for that. Too late for that. Too late for that. You see, from our human experience, we feel there's only one way to get in this world and there's only one way to get out of this world. Either we walk through the door marked birth or we exit through the door marked death. But on the Mount of Transfiguration, the Lord wasn't into entertaining the troops. He was showing them something. Peter, James, and John, come with me to the Mount of Transfiguration. I need to show you something. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. He said, what I need to show you is that there is another way that this body can leave this earth. And suddenly he was transfigured before their very eyes. His raiment began to glow and he was a different person, yet that same Jesus. And so Paul into the, to the Corinthian church says in 1 Corinthians 15, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. What that means is we shall not all die. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed hallelujah I'm going to tell you something over the years I preached almost 150 funerals standing many of them right behind this desk and I have followed many a casket out of this building and some of them are planted just a little bit north of us here today can I tell you there's coming a day that the trumpet's going to sound and the earth the tomb that's holding them is not going to be enough the vault is not going to be sealed tight enough hallelujah but that's not going to be the end of the story amen but the the dead in Christ amen they're going to rise first Hallelujah. But we that remain, they that are alive, are going to be called up. Hallelujah. Called up. He said, Come on, James and John and Peter. I got to show you something. You can be called up. And he's going to call us up. Amen. I'm going to tell you that we need to be watching. We need to be watching. Amen. Let's lift our hands, can we? Amen. Let's lift our voices, can we? Let's shout unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, help me to be watched. Help me to be watchful, Lord. Help me to watch. Help me to watch, Lord. Help me to be on watch. Help me to set a watch. I gotta be careful. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. My Lord, I am not attempting to preach past the moment this morning. But let me tell you something. That if you think in your retirement or if you think at any point in your life that you just want to go get you a watchman's job so you can sleep the night away, I'm about to shatter your world. Because I don't care you know, how many old Western movies you've watched or how many episodes of Andy Griffith you've seen. And you see the watchman with their feet crossed, their arms folded, and the hat pulled over their head. But if you're going to be a real security watchman, there's going to be some responsibilities. 
Because in the morning, you're going to have to show a time card. Amen. Wherever so many, if it's every hour on the hour or whatever, you're going to have to punch. You're going to have to be able to prove that I was watching. I was watching. I didn't just come here and sit down until the sun come up. Amen. And where do we, the church, think we're going to be if we think all we got to do is just come find a favorite place on a pew, niche us out a favorite parking spot. Amen, and think everything's gonna be all right. I've come to disrupt your world today with the help of the Holy Ghost. Amen, he's coming as a thief in the night. If you're not ready, I wouldn't leave this building. Amen, if you're not ready for the trumpet of the Lord to sound, amen, in the next few minutes, I would not leave this building until I knew that I had made my peace call and election sure. I wanna be rapture ready. I wanna be rapture ready. I want to go to bed watching. I want to wake up watching. I want to get up through the night watching. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's love him together. Let's love him together, Lord, in Jesus' name. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.